lawsuit against your employer for child support. 45 CFR 303.100 outlines the requirement for employers in which to to deduct child support from their workers. And in this statute, it says the payment of fees to the employer may be required under this section. It is also codified in 42 U.S.C. 6666. I reported in 2019 that the Office Employee Services for the Child Support Agency was in an agreement or contract with your employer. Yes, that is, they're working very closely with your employer in which to uh, carry out income withholding. Now, as a result of that partnership, in 2019, which is the last reported child support, they collected $28.7 billion. They paid out $27.6 billion. That leaves a difference of $1.1 billion to the child support agency. That translates into for every $5 in which they collected, they only spent $1. Now, as a result of that partnership, it means that you can sue your employer under what is called the private individual rights for liability. And there are three requirements for that. And the case law is uh, Cambria versus County of Nassau and Dwarves versus City of New York. And the primary reason is that if there's a contract or agreement between a state actor and a private party, you can sue under 1983. Now, if you're a 1099 worker for an employer, you're not included in income withholding. Yes, I've said this on this channel before, 1099 workers do not pay child support. Hello, my name is Chris, and in this session, we will review lawsuit against your employer. Uh, we're not advocating that as a result of child support payments that you immediately file a lawsuit against your employer. Theoretically, you could end up losing your job or jeopardizing your job. But what we're going to cover is if you've decided to sue your employer, here are some of the things to consider. We bring you research from time to time, such as this particular topic of a lawsuit, and we ask for your support uh, in terms of via PayPal or Cash App, and we ask that you subscribe to this channel. We also have this available on our podcast as well for those of you who want to, again, hear what we have to say in our research. And of course, uh, we accept likes, dislikes. And again, we don't matter whether you like our program. All we're asking is give us your feedback, give us your comment, and support the channel. We produced another video called How to Sue Judges and Magistrate. In this episode, we will not cover any of the points made in that episode. So if you want to uh, review that, review that later. This is just parallel in to call lawsuit against agencies. As the underlying case law for this video, it is the what we call the Kozol, K-O-Z-I-O-L against everyone in New York, as well as Sondley Bullock versus the Commission of New York. Those are the underlying cases we will use. In the Child Support Employee Manual, uh, we have here what was the last one we reviewed was September 2019. It says here very clearly that independent contractors are not included. But the reason for mentioning this employee manual, that the employees do have a manual when it comes to child support. And this is what they use as their guide.
let's talk about employee liability. If an employee is challenging or questioning child support, then your employer has certain guidelines. And one of them is 31 USC 3720D called garnishment. And there are two basic statutes in there. They said, if an employer discharged or let go or fired an employee who questions the garnishment, then this is covered under what is called state and federal law. Yes, you can sue the employer or challenge the employer under state as well as federal law. If it turns out that the employer uh, discharge you or fire you based on your questioning for child support, then they could award attorney's fees as well as reinstate you back in your job as well as other damages. So 3720D is one of the, one of the categories used against your employer. So let's take a look at the fees. In most states, there is a fee for the employer to garnish your paycheck. I have here from Georgia. Uh, it states where up to $3 is used as part of the fee for taking uh, your garnishment. In addition, there's other fees are applied to it. Now, why is this important? This is one of the key points in your lawsuit, which is you want full accounting for those fees. If they're going to deduct those fees from you, then you need to know all those accounting. This is the income withholding support form. This is the form that they use, that everyone uses within the child support agency, and they send this to your employer. It is blank right now. Uh, but I bring your attention to this form because it's done across the board. It has a section on page two where it's required to have the signature of a judge on there. Well, in many of these cases, the judge does not sign the form. It's signed by an officer or some supervisor. So the question is, is this document lawful when it's signed by someone else? And this is found under the enforcement holding of 45 CFR 303.100. So this is point two. Now we looked at one of the forms that one of you gentlemen has sent to us, and it had a judge's name, Larry Thorne. Larry Thorne actually is a judge so uh, in, in, in Jefferson County, Texas. So on that particular withholding, it was signed by a judge. Other withholding that we have examined, they're fine, signed by supervisors. So if you challenge your employer on this topic, then is the question, should income withholding be signed exclusively by judges or can they exclusively be signed by employees or supervisor? Our opinion, this should be signed by a judge. No one else should be signing this because that would be impersonating a judge. Next, we'll look at what we call uh, Section 466 of the IDV. And this is where your employer pushes back when you questioned whether or not they should be garnishing your check. So the employer guidelines will tell you that this is based on state law. That is 100 incorrect. It is based on federal law. I'll repeat. Garnishment is a federal statute. It's under section, what is called the Consumer 
Credit Protection Act, 15 U.S.C. 1673, Section B. That is, the employer is limited by what the CCPA guidelines are, not whether it's a state issue. So, for example, uh, the income limit for CCPA is maximum 25% of your income. However, the state sections and laws and statutes says they can actually garnish up to 50%, even as high as 60%. So the question becomes, who wins in that argument? Obviously, federal law trumps this. But here's something very important. If you have your paycheck deposited to your savings account or checking account, and it's garnished, there's no CCPA protection. What does that mean? If the money that you want inside that's deposited from your paycheck into that account and you have additional funds in there or let's say funds from your partner, it is not protected on the CCPA. So it is our opinion if you're going to do what is called automatic deposit of your paycheck is to set up a separate account. Uh, that does that exclusively. Nothing else should be in that account or else it is not protected by the by the CCPA. So that, so again, if you have other funds in an account in which you do what is called automatic direct deposit, that amount is subject to the garnishment of child support. Also, under the this 466 section, if for any reason that they need to go after or take the additional funds out of that checking account or savings account, in this provision, it says that they can do it either judicially or administratively. Again, so this is our part three of why you want to look into suing your employer. Next section in terms of notification, your employer will say that as soon as you start working with them, they have to report whether you have garnishment and they don't have a choice. Well, that is not true. Under the statute of the income withholding, it is voluntary for the employer in which to participate in the program. Yes, it is voluntary. They will tell you that it's mandatory state law. Very simple. Ask them to produce the law. Show you specifically where it states that. It does not exist in most states. This is what we call an agreement. As I said earlier in this broadcast, there's an agreement between the child support agency and your employer to work against you under the garnishment rules. So we're now further in discussion of suing your employer or suing the judges. We would like to continue this conversation further and give you the tips and strategies. However, we're going to break here and I'm going to ask for your support. I will continue this conversation regarding your employee, employer to sue them under 1983 for uh, garnishment because the your employer is going to do what is called motion to dismiss 
12b6. So I'm asking to increase the subscribership. And of course, many of you are saying, well, Chris, you just want to get more views. And the answer is yes. I want to be able to deliver this message to all the men that are out there that are on child support. I can only get that with, I need your help. I need you to tell your colleague, a friend to subscribe to this channel such that I can deliver the rest of this. Now you will say, well, what more to talk about? I've given you the three strategies. Well, there's 45 CFR 32 that needs to be discussed. Uh, next, what does the SF328 form means? What is the creditor agency relationship? That needs to be discussed. Next, we also want to discuss the CCPA strategy. How does that help you in your lawsuit? We also want to look at closely at the income withholding form. Is that a legal document? Is that an administrative document? There are plenty of discussion. And one of the things is important is that your garnishment is imputed. It's not calculated. So, we ask for your support, uh, for your subscription. Whether you like or dislike this channel, we're asking you to increase our uh, subscribership. Thank you. Have a good day.